NPR. Guys, welcome back to my channel. This is the indicator from Planet Money, and today uh, well, we're talking. Sorry, Waylon, what are you doing? This is that's not our normal intro. Oh, sorry, Adrian. Okay, I'm gonna start over. <clears throat> Get ready with me as I host the indicator from Planet Money. <laughs> okay, okay, Waylon, what has gotten into you? You know, I've been watching all these YouTube videos and Instagram reels and TikToks. I think I've started to talk like a professional influencer. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense because. Well, this is Influencer Week on The Indicator. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Waylon Wong. This week, we are bringing you a special series about the multi-billion dollar influencer industry. How it got started, how people make money, and why becoming a digital content creator has become such a desired career for younger generations. Today on the show, we look at the origins of the modern influencer industry. We look at the economic and cultural forces that enable people to make money broadcasting their lives online. That's coming up after our hashtag ad break. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com slash indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed internet. But the barriers to getting connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Emily Hunt graduated from college in a lousy job market. The year was 2009. It was the tail end of the Great Recession, and as Emily was trying to cobble together a living from different media jobs, she kept hearing the same advice. My own bosses would constantly say, well, have you, you know, have you thought about starting a blog? Emily was not interested in starting a blog. She ended up going to graduate school to study communication. But that advice she had gotten from so many people, just start a blog, planted the seed for her academic research on social media. What does this symbolize about where our broader economy is going, where we're telling all of these young people who have no savings, no financial security to work for free in any spare minute that they have? So I, I just became more interested in what was driving that widespread advice. Emily's grad school dissertation turned into a book published this year called The Influencer Industry, The Quest for Authenticity on Social Media. And in her book, Emily says that before there were influencers, there were bloggers. And many of them got their start in the Great Recession. A lot of bloggers were working-age people who were navigating financial uncertainty while finding it easier than ever to create an online presence. Smartphones put a high-quality camera in people's pockets, and platforms like Facebook, Tumblr, and YouTube were free to sign up and simple to use. 
a lot of these people who were, you know, experiencing economic and professional precarity, understandably went to these digital spaces that were promising a path forward and opportunity to not only express yourself, but also maybe cultivate an audience for yourself. And, and one of the people drawn to this promise was Beth Monsell. After graduating college in 2009, Beth got a job at Whole Foods working in their prepared foods department. And it didn't pay much, but Beth did learn a few food tricks. Like she saw how the store would bulk up its prepared meals with less expensive ingredients like lentils or pasta without sacrificing nutrition. So I started doing that in my own kitchen and costing out everything I was cooking, and I was just blown away by what I was finding. So I was sharing it on my personal Facebook, and people started asking me for recipes. So I was like, you know what, maybe I should put this on the internet somewhere. So I had to Google how to start a blog, and, and I did it, and the rest is history. Beth named her blog Budget Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. Quintessential late 2000s. <laughs> I know, it's so great. For each recipe, she would list how much it costs to make down to the penny. So like the spicy sriracha noodles use 22 cents worth of sriracha sauce. And within the first few years of blogging, Beth caught a couple big breaks, including a cookbook deal. And she also started running ads on her website. I remember the first time that I earned like $35 in a month. And I was like, oh, that's my groceries for the week. I wish groceries only cost $35 a week. <laughs> we, just, we just clearly haven't been budgeting our bites very well. <laughs> this is true. Today, more than a decade after starting Budget Bites, Beth does it full-time. She also hired her first full-time employee last year. And she's branched out to Instagram and TikTok. Let's make a quick $10 dinner. This Cajun sausage and vegetables is super quick and easy and so flavorful. Beth was part of this early cohort of bloggers that, according to author Emily Hund, gave rise to the modern influencer industry. This is an entire system of people earning money or maybe aspiring to earn money from the content they put online. And if you've seen a social media post where someone is endorsing a brand or a product, that person could be considered an influencer. The industry also encompasses advertising firms and talent agencies and tech companies. They're organized around this core belief that influence can be quantified, whether that's by number of clicks, comments, hearts, followers, or some other measure. And in the past decade or so, the term influencer replaced blogger as the main term for people doing this kind of work. This was as more visual platforms like Instagram and Pinterest were becoming popular, and People started, you know, documenting their lives in photos and videos. People like Maddie Park. I was always that girl in school, just like recording everything. And at the end of the year, I would send the link to all my friends and be like, oh, remember this? Maddie kept filming her life while she was training to be a dentist. And she did become a dentist, but got laid off during the pandemic. Now she had lots more free time to make videos, especially about cooking, one of her hobbies. One day, she posted a TikTok about making a Korean soup from her childhood. It went viral. I still remember the exhilaration when I was looking at my notification screen and I kept on refreshing and the whole chunk of new notifications would like just be flooding in. Once one video went viral, I started posting videos every single day. Today, Maddie's cooking videos are in TikTok, on YouTube and Instagram under the name Cafe Maddie. Hey, do you like mushrooms? Here's how to make Korean traditional mushroom pancakes or mushroom fritters. 
and the setup is Maddie's first bit of income came from a company that makes gochujang, a Korean red chili paste. They paid her to do a post highlighting the product. They asked me, oh, how much do you charge? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that first, first video, I just asked for $150. And <laughs> I was mind blown that I could even make $100 off of what I love to do <laughs> because I had imagined my life to be stuck in dentistry <laughs> for at least 15 years till I pay off all of my loans. Now, Maddie did go back to dentistry part time, but she's also been doing Cafe Maddie professionally for about a year now. She's an influencer with all the ups and downs that come with a job. And a year into it, Maddie says she actually prefers the term content creator to influencer. I still struggle with the word influencer. It used to be like uh, all about looking pretty and posting beauty photos. And maybe it has a connotation of being airheaded Sometimes, and not so smart. (laughs) I had to really reconcile it in my head that this is a real job for me and I have to take it seriously. Maddie is not alone in her discomfort. Author Emily Hun, who's studied the influencer industry, she says this term is polarizing. Influencer, you know, that term has become sort of loaded and there's a lot of opinions about it. The fact is that that was absolutely the dominant term in the formative years of the industry's existence. And Emily says that even within the industry's short existence so far, it's been able to expand in times of economic uncertainty. And that means it could be poised for another period of transformation, just as Gen Z creators navigate their first potential economic slowdown. Tomorrow on the show, our co-host Darian Woods goes deep into the economics of influencing. This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering from Robert Rodriguez. It was fact-checked by Dylan Sloan. Emily Kinslow is our podcast coordinator. Our senior producer is Viet Le. Kate Cannon edits the show. And The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express Business. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The MX Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.